Business Class, a podcast sponsored by the iBear MBA program of the USC Marshall School of Business. Expert insight into the world of business. This is Dick Drobnik interviewing I.J. Young, the president of Hype Jinro International. We are in the Westin Chosen Hotel in Seoul, although I.J.'s headquarters is in Tokyo. I.J., thank you very much for coming out and being uh, an interviewee for iBear's new podcast series called Business Class. My pleasure. Can you start out by telling us a little bit about Hype Jinro, uh, the scale, the size, and your goals for its growth? Sure. Hyde Jindo is the leading alcoholic beverage company in Korea. We are now exporting to 78 countries. We have two main categories, namely beer and soju. Soju is a kind of spirit. Among entire international market, Japan is the most important market for us at the moment, which is accounting for slightly more than 70% of our sales. After Japan, Asia-Pacific countries are growing rapidly. That is because of the joint effort with the K-pop, Korean pop, Korean drama, and Korean food. The alcoholic beverage is always introduced with a culture. So thanks to that tendency, our products are getting popular in Asia-Pacific. Nextly, I expect U.S. market is growing as fast as Asia-Pacific. Reason being that in America, there are about 1 million Korean population. Our sales in U.S. is concentrated on Korean group only. However, I want to diversify our target market to other ethnic groups such as uh, Latin people, Chinese, Vietnamese, so and so forth. If I talk about business volume, last year, as of last year, our exporting volume was slightly more than $100 million. When I talk about the beer market, the peak was 2013. That's a peak time. The total sales volume in beer industry was 190 billion liters. After that, the market itself is decreasing year by year. Spirits market is about one-tenth of the beer market. As a manufacturer, spirit is profitable business, whereas beer is not. Beer, literally, most company has its own brand, so that's why competition is very severe and margin is very slim. IJ, tell me something about what are the uh, challenges or constraints in trying to expand your product sales in the United States? Good question. United States is the most challenging market to penetrate into with our products. Number one reason is each and every state has a different role. At the same time, all the international brands are there competing. And also there, is a, there are many craft beer manufacturers too. So not only with the products quality and price, but also some other story should be introduced together. Otherwise, it's very difficult to enter into. When I talk about the spirits, we call it soju. 
Soju is not well-known category to most Americans. So they don't know what is this. Is it kind of vodka or is it like tequila? Then we have to explain what it is. So when once a certain category is not known at all, it's very difficult to introduce, introduce from the start. So what are some of the innovative ways you're going to try to implement to overcome this uh, unknown category problem? One example I can tell you that they suggested me to change our labels. Jindo label is famous among Korean society, whereas it's not known and it's not, uh, there's no way for foreigners to read it. So for each and every ethnic groups, we should make their own language label. What about in Japan? Japan is your biggest international market. And has Mr. Abe's reforms made the economy grow any better, leading to increased consumption? Or the reforms have not been uh, uh, sufficient to, to promote growth? In my opinion, his economic policy, so-called Abenomics, is successful in terms of political propaganda. However, in effect, the reform hasn't been done. Japan is a slow-moving society. Generally, they are resistant to the, any change. So in my observation, Mr. Abe's policy to stimulate the inflation from depression to the inflation is uh, <laughs> successful to a certain, certain extent only. And also government was uh, supporting their foreign exchange policy, right? So to uh, weaken Japanese yen to support their export. That is a little bit successful. However, big companies like Toyota or Canons are benefited and they're appreciating, whereas many mid-sized companies are not appreciating that. Because as you know, Japan has to import oil and so many parts and uh, the elements from overseas. So being a weak yen is not helpful at all. So in conclusion, the economics is not successful, except unemployment rate. The economy is getting, there's one positive signal that unemployment rate is very low. Now it's up more or less 3%. That's my observation. Yeah. Well, the yen, of course, depreciated a lot from 85 to 130. But in the past three months, four months, back to 100. True, for, to the US dollar holder. To me, for Korean companies, their macroeconomic situation is not an issue. The issue is the diplomatic relationship between these two countries. Uh, unfortunately, Japan and Korea became very sour uh, since 2012. Uh, because of that conflict, it affects negatively in our sales volume. So the, the Japanese consumer identifies with the political situation and says, we're going to buy less Korean product? This is the obvious tendency. And, and it's noticeable to you in terms of your sales oh, of patterns? Course. Oh, of course. Would, do you think sales would be 10% higher if there was not the political conflict, or 15%? Or do you have any, any approximation of that? I can tell you, I can give, a, give you an example of my product. In Japan, we have three categories to sell. One is spirit, as I said, Jindo, which is our main product. It has been decreased by 28% during the past four years. 
the sales peak was 2011. As compared to 2011 and 2015, it decreased that much. Wow. Second category is called makgeolli. Makgeolli is a more Korea, Korean-oriented taste, which is actually quite profitable. It dropped by 75%. That means 75, 75 dropped. On the contrary, our beer products, which is uh, exported from Korea to Japan on the private level, OEM, is, was increasing by 29%. Why? Because that's the OEM label, and consumers are not checking the backside of the label, whether this is originated from Korea or not. So, so the label is a, a Japanese label? Oh yeah, of course. In the wow. back label, of course, we, yep. we, we are supposed to mention the origin. Sure. However, consumers are not checking back label. So that is the evidence that I, I, I can insist that political relations, uh, diplomatic relations affected our sales business. Well, that's a dramatic change. 28% yes. decline in general sales yes. instead of whatever the growth curve should be on the upside. 75% uh -huh. decline in the more Korean uh, Makgeolli is called Makgeolli. Uh, yeah. And yet a 30, 29 to 30% growth in the, in the beer that's labeled the Japanese label. That's right. It's clear evidence of what yes. you're saying. Do, do Korean products have other uh, political problems with China or Vietnam or anywhere else in the region? No, not really. I don't notice anything. Even if recently China and uh, Koreans' uh, relationships are a little bit delicate, however, I, did, I didn't see any uh, negative effect result as yet. Well, staying on this, this thought line for a moment, does North Korea's nuclear testing cause Japan to be more friendly to South Korea? And the idea that we all need to cooperate against this rogue regime? That's a political question. Definitely, Japanese are concerned about uh, North Koreans' uh, nuclear test and whatever. Uh, however, they don't relate uh, that issue to the South Koreans' political stance or not. I don't think so. I don't think so. Let, let me go back to one other factor on this decline in sales in Japan. Yes. Could the depreciation of the yen been much of a factor in that? Yes, because uh, most products are produced in Korea and export to Japan. Minor portions are manufactured, produced in Japan itself. So foreign exchange is very important and sensitive issue for me. Well, how do you price it in Japan? Of course, you're pricing in yen. Yes. And even though the yen is depreciating, no. you're not changing the yen price, are you? No, we cannot. We cannot. So even though the yen depreciates, you're not raising the yen price no. to offset your, your yuan costs? No. We have a bumper for that foreign exchange risk. To minimize the risk, we have a bumper zone. When I notice, say, within a six-month period, for example, 25% has moved, then I contacted my partners that let us not make any money from exchange rate. At the same time, let us not lose then we have to make a contract in two currencies at the same time. Total volume is 100, say, and 50 is uh, denominated in Japanese yen, 50 is denominated in Korean won. Then even, even we don't take any risk, literally. So the, 
the parent company shipping to Japan yes. is pricing half the shipment in yuan and half the shipment in yen? Depending upon the partners, not entire products. Some sizable contracts are made like that, two, two currencies. So, a certain years, for a certain period of years, we made lots of profit thanks to the strong yen. When we made, we are supposed to return some days. It's balanced. When I see the 10 years of business, some years we are losing, some years we are making. So, since 19, 2009, as I said, for sizable contract, I made a, uh, the contract in two currencies. But you say contract, that's with your parent company? No. My Japanese partner. Oh, the retailers? Yeah. Oh. Yes. Yes. Okay, so you're hedging, you're hedging against exchange yes. rate risk, not by buying a hedge, no. but in the way you negotiate with your, with your retailers. That's right. I can explain. Always businesses should be very fair. They are all the big, reasonable size, the businessmen. I can explain that. Look, they know already our margin is like this. Now, because of the uh, strong yen or the weaker yen, we make an extra loss or we can make we make an extra profit. Then either we have to return or we have to renegotiate the price. Each side, both buyer and seller, should know already know the margin percentile. So we have to survive each other. It's very transparent transaction. And, and the, the Japanese retailer is very open to that that kind of yes. uh, complex very, arrangement? Very matured in that sense because mostly the important partners are uh, kind of long-time uh, partners for 20 years, 30 years. So uh, it, it, it hasn't been any problem so, so far. So when you when you first became president, what, what year was that? 2007. And were those uh, complex arrangements already in place, or is that something no. that you put in place? I, I, I did. I did that. Because uh, when, I, when I saw this transaction after three years, my Japanese partners are making too much margin from this exchange rate, not from business itself. So I, I, I met the president of that side, Mr. Weber. What do you think about this? Let us share the profit together and let us share the burden together. Are we a partner, correct? We, we are so-called long-standing friendship, right? Then let us consider about this. And he laughed and so we, we agreed. How, how long did it take to get him to agree? Oh, one week, one month? No, no, it took it six took months. Time. Yeah, it took time because uh, usually Japanese don't make a decision in a spot. Uh, usually, uh, I, I don't praise or I don't criticize. Usually, it takes time in Japan. Everything. Uh, they said I will come back to our board meeting and we'll discuss and come back. Then it took time a little bit, uh, longer than. Korean average, but that's a fair amount of time he took, and he agreed. Important thing is he agreed. Yeah. Yep. And the fact that you speak Japanese fluently probably helps you. Correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I speak uh, Japanese. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, we we've had this interview in the Vecchio and Nuovo Cafe in the uh, second floor basement of the Western Chosen Hotel. 
and there's a little bit of noise in the background because this is a very busy cafe, and the Korean society is very prosperous, and we, <laughs> hope, they're, we hope they're buying some of your uh, shoju also. Thank you very much. Thank you, RJ. Thank you. Business class. Expert insight into the world of business. The host is Dick Drobnik, producer Pankaj Bhushan, director Dan Griffin, web developer Rick Pine, and I am Robin Garthwaite. Coming up, business class moves on to Shanghai to discuss impacts of China's growth on commodities.